a lovely episode that is part of the sub-series of our main episodes on being functional adults with a love language for those who are either a 5D or moving into 5D as they pursue their inner growth and inner growth mindset approaches a self-empowered enlightened person so an individual who is moving again more and more into what is integration of the mind being able to use your words being able to be mindful of yourself and mindful in your relationships also having mind sight and sifting in a way that allows you to be your differentiated self and others as well and therefore for any others who move into their enlightenment soul age group full on in a state of compassion beyond reason because of consistently being in that spirituality process and so being able to know there is no right or wrong good or bad transcendence even when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs the updated version that i was told about recently by a humanistic psychologist i forget his name right now but that was amazing transcendence is what those of us in the enlightenment soul age group have done so we're self-actualized we have uh, love for life each other and humanity and there are no defectiveness shame buttons within our hearts in fact that's exactly why we are in the enlightenment soul age group those who come at it from a love cycle i can tell you i feel quite lucky and i do know human suffering not through myself but through the lens and the hearts of others as being an empath and a 5d mystic we will feel the loved ones that are going through our their own struggles and we will do our best to mind our own business in time because dealing with the unknown and meaning of life they will have a desire to do that by themselves furthermore they actually uh, do not necessarily want to grow up some people and that's because some people are very much enamored with the adaptive child lifestyle since drama land is in the movies all the time i just have to let you in on if you're here to grow it means you know that compassion beyond a reason is what growth is and that's because i help you to tap into at the very least the knowledge of what infinite higher human consciousness potential experiences the voice of enlightenment and a person who is in the space here and space of 5d is not going to sugarcoat niceness is what i'm trying to get at and so we have pink tainted glasses in time we get those lovely dark tainted glasses just because enough adaptive children will lead you to know how to speak their language so that you can uh, essentially leave them to their own invisible defectiveness shame button that they will present with these conditions that make it seem like they are either enlightened so they have mantles of enlightenment and move into their self-grandiosity you look them they look like statues and uh, you can actually tell because when you look in the eyes of people their soul speaks to any one of us and really i shouldn't use the word soul the self of them is an energetic composite like ours so that consciousness uh, is something that we get to see so again 
thanks to adaptive children, we learn how to recognize what the conscious choices of the adaptive child is looking like. And because society leads those people's way, we also just need to follow their leader and we will, naturally speaking, have visibility of what gossip or what situations they may be dealing with, if you will. And that's a side note. The inner growth mindset supports you to explore enough of anything with the awareness of your emotions being in equanimity because that's actually how you begin to navigate mindfully yourself. And if that's not possible because you feel angry at humanity, I want you to know that the anger and the frustrations and the anxiety or fear or any charge state, that is the minute that you're being given the opportunity to make a choice. You expand your consciousness, which means you work with equanimity or you don't. You don't have to be here. You don't have to tune in. You don't have to do life from an enlightenment soul age perspective. You don't even have to consider mindset everything. There are a lot of people that don't consider it anything at all. And that it's the outside world that needs to change. So your choice is very important. And using your time in an effort to make the best of it is also since 24 hours are what we are gifted. And so don't use it if you're not able to work with the emotion of love and compassion within your own self as you feel emotions of frustration or of anger because those are the very ones that mask and create a bullshit story when I see 4D3D and other people who are not living their infinite higher human consciousness potential experience. So they, they sneak a little bit of eyes out there and I'm not going to leave you with just sneaking in a little bit of the eyes. You know, I'm going to get you to see all of it and then you can choose to stay with your little eyes. You'll really just stay with that anyway. So this is something that it's beautiful. The way that the adaptive child will mask the truth is in the awareness of those of us who see very clearly when you're masking your own self And that's because, again, justifying emotions is automatically not handling them, but denying them. And that's the first step that I'm going to guide us through so that I can stay organized in a manner of providing you with how to work through dealing with this lovely unknown and the actual meaning of life. And I'm looking for something else. Yes. When you can notice that the self of you, as presented by Patrick McNamara, is uh, located, he says, in the right frontal temporal area, which is the, he says, biological center of the self. He's a neuropsychologist, by the way, and a neurologist as well, I think. So the right frontal temporal area regulates our lower repetitive drives and our higher critical functions. So like memory works with regular memory, language function, all memory, and it's the inhibitor section. Now, 
I prefer for us to always work just with your own self, but a little bit of explaining that the brain has a way it works is important because you're the mind that gets to understand if it feels challenging, there's a reason for it. You should know that those who have unresolved trauma and just trauma is one when there's something that has happened that is too much, too soon, too fast, and your nervous system basically was overwhelmed. And there's a lot of things I won't get into with today. So we're not going to look at attachment categories and all that. Okay, we're just going to use the mind and allow me to let you in on a little fun fact. The right mode is where you handle the unknown. It's where infinite possibilities are. And it is the primary modality of use for those of us with pink tainted glasses. Only love cycle people. Shame cycle people, they don't have full access to that until they start to manage, like I was saying, anger, frustration, fear, any emotion that arises. And when it comes to the meaning of life and dealing with the unknown, this is where the love cycle people don't need meaning of life because we have loved ones and we have activities that we begin and those have meaning enough. So we don't feel that we are not valuable just because we're not doing something, that part of what people who don't feel valuable, that's the people who don't understand what shame is and a defectiveness at heart, this heartbreak, gut wrench, torn apart, is when you feel broken and that's the shame that is covered up by a sense of unworthiness and brokenness that stems from being an infant who recognized in your first year of life that there was not a caregiver that was perceiving your needs and meeting them. So there was not a dependable source of life in your household. And so there's a disconnect with the self of you because of this extreme loneliness and this extreme solitude which is not our mammalian heritage in fact the attachment system of every person is expecting to have contingent communication which means that somebody will see me in a timely manner will soothe me in a timely manner will respond to my physical needs to survive in a timely manner the minute that i begin to not get timely manner is the beginning of me feeling unseen but also unsoothed and which equates unsafe which equates a body that needs to make up for what is non-contingent communication you know what i love about sometimes when i say things i'm not going to go over the attachment category stuff yet i'm breaking down to you this very foundation of attachment researchers but it is what it is it's it's actually important so i'm going to keep on going with it i just Thought a side note for my lovely listeners. Oh, um, so the first way that the attachment system can respond here is where we have our non-secure attachment responses, which involve avoidance, and so that's the downregulation of the uh, attachment system. So the feelings, emotions, and the crying out, and people that are avoidant attachment. They end up basically being a disconnected self. They're like rock solid kind of deal. And you would not know that they care about you 
if you didn't trust their word because they emotionally are not available. Their stuff takes precedence. And if they're in any way, shape, or form a part of equations, they have to control it because control is the only way they know how to stay at ease. Furthermore, because they did not get enough skin time, and, and skin time means, you know, flesh to flesh, eyes to eyes, like actual emotion interactions, but they only got interactions with left brain stuff, they're usually not uh, in a state of compassion and softness when it comes to emotions because their body, technically, I'm going to say, because it had to shut down this idea of attachment, and so the frustration, the anger, all that needs to equate something different, or the suffering, the longing for connection needs to equate something different, and so frustration, anger masks that longing, but there's still a sense of inner despair from that child. What the statistic not this what the study when they put machines on these people what it shows is that their body actually does get agitated so beneath the surface they know the importance of me of contact of having people in their life emotionally that's where there's a lot of suppression that goes on and that's just again a person who with the mindset of someone who knows we're mammals we want to connect gets a hold of good psychoeducation. So the attachment researchers, here's where a person would know they have an attachment wound. And furthermore, they will most likely have also unresolved trauma that will have affected the integration of the mind. So a non-integrated brain, uh, non-integration because the corpus callosum is impaired in its growth, the interconnected connectome is impaired in its growth, the hippocampus is impaired in its growth, the cortex is impaired in its growth, these can move into integration with the person taking charge of using their own time to access their vulnerability, which means to get out of being a stone rock body and to actually engage in emotional stuff versus dismiss it and be controlling. The ambivalent, and these are two forms of non-secure attachment, but they are organized, so they still can coexist in a very straightforward way with society. Disorganized, on the other hand, is not the same. Though that is a fragmented sense of self, and that's because the poor infant's brainstem is activated with fight, flight, freeze, meaning I'm in danger, we need to get the fuck away from this household, something's wrong here, we're in danger, we're in danger, but the attachment system is like, no, no, but that's your caregiver, that's your lifeline, you have to approach, you have to approach, so you got a brain that's saying, run away, no approach, run away, no approach, and you got an infant that doesn't know anything, but in the sensations, what's happening is that they're going to, in fact, when observed, the infants are not in a state of ease, and the observers will be aware of this. And in fact, it's, it's destabilizing and confusing and disheartening and sad and uncomfortable because something's off. You just know something is really off here and it doesn't make any sense. Uh, but the person, as they grow up, this fragmented sense of self 
years where there's dissociation, which we all naturally can do. The example, Daniel Siegel, my information comes from my course, Interpersonal Neurobiology, this, all this stuff right now. But there's a mix of courses, but this stuff primarily is from there. Um, you can take it. It's a really great course. And it's a lot of language. So if you're not a, well, there's plenty of people that are second language uh, English. He's really great at explaining and you get to pause the videos. And so it's uh, at your own timing. But um, the part about disorganized is that they have, they want to flee away. So their attachment system and defense system are basically intertwined. If they can become aware that they're not defective, that is where the shame button is, though. So automatically a person who has that fragmented sense of self dissociates. So dissociation, the example, Daniel Siegel, you're on a road trip going home. You think of your vacation, where you want to go next, and you basically skip your exit because you're busy with... Um, this idea that comes up, you know, wanting to go away for the holidays and whatnot. So dissociation or even structural dissociation, people actually don't realize how we all, for dissociation, it takes place. And structural dissociation is a little bit different. Uh, but I'll give you some examples, or at least one. It's taken place more than once as I support loved ones like anybody else does and with these somatic sensory motor and trauma experts education really helps you to understand how to be a better loved one besides a better consultant mentor and content creator podcast host someone who cares about supporting people on their personal development or their ascension journey because for my 5d mystics i know we talk about ascension we're always going through ascension by the way the self of you is you. It's the name of you and you want to know about the brain and the way that you, the mind, works with the brain, the structure. And that there's an embodied brain, so your nervous system. That's why semantics is important and people don't know that emotions are important and they rule you until they don't. And they only don't if you've become mindful and that means self-aware. There are plenty of professionals who are not mindful. They should not if you ask an enlightenment soul age group person, I will share with you something that I responded as well when someone told me something, which is very trending as a topic. Um, how can I break this one down? The common theme that you've noticed probably, I'm an online marketer and entrepreneur, and as a content creator, I know all the jargon, at least the basics. I don't use it ever, so there's a lot that I don't know, but I'm okay with that. I prefer speaking layman's terms, I think is the expression, versus uh, words that don't mean shit. And that don't do anything except for make it seem with the vanity metrics, which only people who are vain and therefore superficial and therefore not uh, self-actualized they can have all the achievements and trophies they want if inside you you are not alive to me you have not achieved one thing in your life your trophies can go in the trash for all i care because you have not known one little speck of the beautiful essence that is within you and that beautiful essence is that child that those with all these trophies will not know of necessarily because of that defectiveness, shame, 
which to get back in touch with it means you going to the heartbreak, gut wrench, torn apart feeling, which is a tsunami inside, and then having the ability through either on your own compassion or with a good somatic sensory motor trauma therapist or good consultant actually let out more than just one tear and feel free from that little heart, big heart, that muscle in the center of your chest, which is like a sigh of relief. And so here, when you're unconditionally loved, there's a way that the body feels. When you're in the presence of that, which is safe haven and safe base, and it's not just heaven in your body, it is the possibility to be exactly as you are for the rest of your life. It's like, for me, it's a sunset on the ocean beach on a warm, very warm summer's day because I don't do well with anything that is below 77 degrees Fahrenheit, which I don't remember what it is in Celsius. And people tease me because I am partly Neapolitan Italian and I don't do Celsius. My schooling is American, so yes, I'm the American that knows Fahrenheit but is not as uh, knowledgeable about the other stuff. So what I was trying to get at is the trophies mean nothing when the person's body is numb and numbness happens with another type of dissociation and this is where numbness and disconnect is part of the journey of a disorganized attachment, for example, and that's because modulated and dysregulated embodied self-individuals will not have had an infancy that involved caregivers who could tend to them. So on that note, um, from disorganized, you want to move to organized. And in fact, disorganized attachment has the secondary attachment of either secure, ambivalent, or avoidant. Ambivalent is preoccupied, and that's a self that basically exists only to serve others. So usually they're very preoccupied with losing, so they don't know how to stay at ease. And when they're receiving, they get anxious, and there's a lot that goes on with that one. And essentially, though, back to structural dissociation. So dissociation, there's aspects of the normal one we all will be able to experience with that trip highway trip miss my exit okay the other is where instead when you meet there's people sometimes they zone out but they're really there but their energy is not that's an actual moving from sympathetic to dorsal vagal dorsal vagal is your freeze response if you learn the polyvagal theory you'll know we have three ways our nervous system navigates he talks not only well let me leave it at this three ways. But again, remember that I teach two concepts. There's a lot of different ways people present it. But if you look up polyvagal theory, you see why, why I said three. And when you walk yourself through mapping out your nervous system, you want to use those three because you'll be able to note it based on your energy levels, essentially. The dorsal vagal is the shutdown, freeze response of a body and it's uh, dissociation, numbness, the person's there but they're not there and an infant who will have been in a state of unsafety in their household will only know how to go from basically fight, flight, hyper arousal to dorsal vagal. They know how to be on and off and it's not 
a good on and off. It's basically I'm here now, but then even I'm even if I'm here with you, I'm not here. They're looking at you. They're talking to you. They hear you. They are actually actively participant. The people who have a relationship with energy and who have the knowledge, the somatic sensory motor trauma knowledge, can be compassionate enough and aware enough to just shut the mouth and disengage from saying anything. Because really, when you say something, they're going to say, no, 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 I'm here. And that you will notice they are because they can follow whatever it is you're talking about. The people who are not aware of what the nervous system means, they might say, wow, that's a really rude person. Oh, wow, they were lying. They weren't there. They weren't even paying attention. What, what the fuck is wrong with them? So people who are ignorant on what it means to have an individual in front of you who actually is in a shutdown mode because that's the only way their nervous system was able to survive as an infant, People will notice also individuals who have unresolved, very extensive, horrible trauma and will call them stupid and will not back down even if they're intellectually intelligent on information working in uh, medical arenas. And this is where that's a very sad story in my book, not to mention that if I were mean and an adaptive child i would basically be a person who would not uh, disengage from trying to speak and prove stuff but here's where you don't prove compassion you don't prove intelligence you're either going to witness compassion or you're going to witness not you're either going to witness intelligence or not the functional adults we only do love language we do not waste our breath on that which is not love for those individuals remain ignorant by choice and they actually commit to their mouth and their actual ability to cast a stone versus learn information that would tell them no the person's not being rude you're being if anything rude for you don't understand what you're speaking but furthermore why are you actually um, in this agitated state Oh, your condition of what, rude or not rude? Oh, I'm so sorry because you must be someone who must tell other people how to conduct themselves. Oh, I got it. You're the ruler of other people or something. What? What's the deal? So here's where the meaning of life, man. So many different things that we could talk about. Dealing with the unknown also. Okay, so what is always ruling any one of us? It's this lovely nervous system and embodied brain. The minute you can have a handle on it with mindfulness, mindsight, and with your own compassion and not the defectiveness button is the minute that you might be able to peek your head out and more and truly enjoy what it means to be you. And also when it comes to humanity, of course, the more functional adults we have, the better it is because love language is very needed. We need people who are compassionate beyond a reason. And so when they encounter individuals who go to dorsal vagal and are shut down while with you and talking to you and engaging in a relationship with you you do not in your own body be like what a fucking rude asshole is this which is the minute they will pick up that judgment by the way not that it's good or bad but a person we communicate nervous system to nervous system so that would be something that would be picked up and that can create a whole bunch of scenarios which doesn't create a nice engagement between people. 
But that's again why we have a lot of adaptive children out there. So they choose their groups and they choose how to engage with each other and they can accept different types of people. They just don't know how to handle when these moments take place. And slowly I would say the psychoeducation is making its way to a lot of the young ones and in a good way. So they do have more information on how to handle each other with care and with a level of compassion not everybody appreciates this but that's only because they don't know that they're in their shame cycles and wanting to create conditions that are based on their feelings of defectiveness and their broken feelings and not the other way around humanity's not broken we just have either attachment wounds or unresolved trauma We have a way that our adaptive child handles itself when we're around each other. So the more functional adults we can have, again, the better it is. Dealing with the unknown is your right mode's hemisphere. If you do not handle your emotions, you can't access the unknown infinite realm in a way that is a sense of ease and so that you can define your own meaning of life in the absence of there being any entity after this life because that is also a story that I grew up with and I'm okay with knowing it's just a story and that the last star that will go out in the universe will go out in the universe and that is all. Now, as a 5D mystic, my regular listeners know I channel guidance and I do have a relationship with this field of consciousness. I even know my future life, at least one of them, and it's pretty awesome to also know the people of my oversoul that will partake in it. (laughs) And here's where when you share stuff like this with people who are not yet their grown-up version, and so they don't know how to rejoice of someone sharing their life, but they have to merge with it, and that's something that you learn to also handle in a way of using our lovely Krishna Leela, which enables us to be curious about the perspective and ignore the fact that the adaptive child basically just came in and made a statement or more on what is not theirs to have a say in something that is not part of their own life but that they want so desperately to partake in and again this is where we do understand children's need to be the priority for they need to be seen to be soothed to feel safe to be reassured that they're loved again and again and again and again and again. And yes, you you hear that. So luckily for us, there's only 24 hours in a day. And usually that involves a lot of very, very interesting activities with our lovely brains. And that means learning and with our lovely hearts. And that means loving our loved ones and being okay that the children who are grown-ups need to have their say. And the merging is not a big deal once you've moved completely into your self-empowered space because you understand that they really need to feel that you are like everything you say. Wow, amazing. They need to feel um, appreciated because that defectiveness button is still tick, 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 so... Obviously, some of you might have that button, and hopefully through the descriptions that I give you, you can get out of that button easily because it's a matter of being 
tangible and understanding that the heartbreak gut wrench torn apart is an actual feeling in your body and it does have its purpose and it is not pleasant like my panic attacks they're not pleasant the story does not support you to process any of the chemistry that is coming up from your nervous system that is interacting in that moment with a specific number of impulses your brain all this stuff okay so you are a body and a mind your brainstem, limbic system, cortex. Those are the three layers. Do you want to work with yourself? Begin with, okay, I'm aware that emotions and sensations are happening in my body, at my heart. Okay, limbic system, go equanimity, please. Neutral land, because we don't need to get into charge land. And if there's any charge, you work with it. Okay, charge, you're not in any physical threat. Calm the fuck down. And that's where practice leads you to being able to consistently move into equanimity again and again and again and again. And that is what the empowering of yourself equates your emotions, not in a control because control is suppression. What I just described is a processing of frustration that you allow yourself to acknowledge for frustration for situations that you won't be able to change because they're happening as they're happening. Your only ability is to work and process the emotion that arises. So that's where you are doing inner growth. You can call it mind sight, mindfulness, mind sifting. It's you growing from within because you get to keep on working with that lovely cortex of yours. Allow yourself to know the limbic system. You're saying, hey, close, shut down, no threat. The hand model, remember? Come on down. Okay, now send the feedback to our lovely brainstem. All's good, all's good. Calm down. Nobody is actually physically threatening us. We just have an adaptive child in a room who needs a bit of attention. They're either spiritual bypassers or narcissism. We all have narcissism. When I talk about my stuff, that's narcissistic, isn't it? So we're also okay with saying, let's put the self of me to the side. They've gotten excited. Let's hear where, what, what their excitement is so that they may contribute to what they really, really want to contribute to in the meantime. So we, again, we, we are able to share time with our loved ones and there's so little that we get to spend with our loved ones that it's a joy to put into practice mental, emotionally, and physical mastery for the self-empowered person in the Enlightenment Soul A Troop. For those who do not move into that enlightenment soul age group but are in other soul age groups, I want to spend a bit or two here and talk about the adoptive child and talk about being able to build relationships. There's this video that I watched. It was, uh, I forget when, but the person was talking about monogamous relationships so not all of us are monogamous some of us are polyamorous and we are good with just non-monogamy ethically so being able to be grown-ups talk about stuff and again that's where it doesn't matter enlightenment soul age group or not some people they have secure attachment within their own body they have secure connections that they build they have more than one person in their life that is special. Some of us are mystics, and so we have twin flames, soulmates, all that great stuff. Others, they just like to have more people because they have more special people that they have 
in their life. Pretty straightforward. For some, they want to have safe havens and safe bases. So they recognize the partners that can be only the safe haven. I accept you for who you are and Kanishi love you. The safe bases are the ones who get excited because they share the same topics and interests as you. And so those would be safe bases. And so that's where polyamory for those who do it, whether it's in a non-hierarchical and a relationship anarchy way or not, some have structure because they want still structure. Or again, as I was saying, just monogamy. And so people who have the one and that's it. Now, in all of these cases, because polyamory, for those who have a clan, technically it's not polyamory simply because it doesn't involve romance. You have one romantic partner. And really, even for the polyamory, the, the word romance in and of itself actually isn't indicative of love. Love and the unique bond that you share with someone doesn't involve romance for the mystic. It's actually because we know from the energetic imprint that those people are special to our consciousness and our life so we give a lot of words and when we can figure out finally so for me being able to just use energy actually encompasses everything that I've consistently felt through my years of meeting my metaphysics as a terrorism vocabulary and playing okay so here's where the 5d way we have this relationship with energy and so using words doesn't satisfy us. But really, for me, it began once I got into having more than one twin flame. And what I mean is I got my second twin flame. Then I got a third twin flame. Then I got another soulmate and or potentially, who knows, in the future, however many more. We don't know. Time will tell. But in this entirety of those different types of interactions, I'd say the most impactful one was when I encountered that second twin flame because it was what opened me up to, wait a minute, okay, one, I have more than one twin flame, which I went to research and I, at the time, thank goodness, still had good information out there for me to look at. And I was like, okay, that makes complete sense. So I immediately learned about the oversoul and the different ways that we will have fragmented our oversoul long story short without being a mystic it doesn't matter because you still have an oversoul it's called your clan so people who have monogamous or polyamorous it doesn't matter you don't have to call them twin flames or soulmates for that matter because you know they're people and again when we die we won't be back with our same name doesn't matter what you know we'll remember i remember plenty of my past lives it's still me maria right now <laughs> so that's what it is um what this person was saying is that with her monogamous relationship and her husband they come home and let each other know what percentage they're in so they talk about i'm a 20 i'm a 15 and where they're at emotionally and energetically so energetically speaking they are able to tell each other how much at ease they are and how much that means they can handle if some major situation is going on in the household and so she says you know if i'm 20 and he'll say don't worry i'm 40 that's great he's 40 she's 20 this is a heterosexual couple obviously and so he can pick up where she won't be able to since she's more out of steam 
And she go because she goes on to say 50-50 is bullshit, which, by the way, just numbers to me is bullshit. Because if you need to calculate um, relationships, that here's the part about um, those of us who are unconditionally loving. And so people that enjoy each other, not because you have to fulfill any type of attachment nothing okay you don't have to accept me necessarily you don't have to enjoy what i do but the reality is you consistently want to grow relationships i'm going to just put it that way right you want to interact with me so while other people it's a big deal if people don't accept them for who they are that's not actually what has a relationship moving forward it's that people continue to have a why they want to interact and that's something that someone would say, well, if someone doesn't accept you, what does that mean? It means that they can say, I disagree with who you are, but I like to interact because we have interesting conversations. So their mind is interested. And usually, again, we're mammals, so we do get affectionate. We, we love each other. The selves interact. Our nervous systems, they communicate. So there's enjoyment from the brain because there's enjoyment of communication. They don't have to accept, but they will love you. So acceptance uh, is a space of, I don't use that word. I would say that people, if they find something that interests them to stay and interact, they will. And that's what love is. It's not with a specific number of, of conditions. And you have to talk to me every day for us to have accepted each other and love each other. No. So that's where secure connection comes into the mix. So for those of us who do secure connections, we're not counting stuff like that, which is why when I hear people who are in this type of relationship, I'm like, wow, what is this math? Uh, it's very not natural. Uh, even though I do understand that it's important to communicate because what she ends up saying is when I'm a 10 and let's say he's a 15, we say, okay, let's sit down and make a list of the ways that we won't emotionally hurt each other. So these people are knowledgeable about attachment categories. They're knowledgeable about the energy that it takes in order for al allowing each other in a household to deal with unknowns, uncertainties, unwanted things that will bring up, you know, a lot. If meaning of life is something you've settled in with, you're good to go with the dealing with the unknown because you're not going to be disengaged and dis, um, destabilized. You're not going to get destabilized because you know who you are. So that's one. Those of us who don't get destabilized, when we're handling the unknown with another, we get to speak our truths and we can speak it very clearly. We don't have, oh, oh, no, we'll say, even if we're very emotional, we'll still be able to speak what's going on inside. That's one. So anyone who's a functional adult knows how to speak their emotions. We don't do calculators. So this means we don't say they have to perfectly respond. This is why we don't need a plan to not hurt each other because though that's a self-empowered person. So before you can move into, let me spell this out, a self-empowered person does not have, oh my God, they cursed in my face, they yelled at me, oh my God, they are horrible. No, this is not what happens. 
the one thing they may not ever do is physically endanger so the physical is the only actual reactivity but that will be set clear don't you fucking dare touch me otherwise i'm going to call the cops on you and you're going to be out of that room like this is not an equation of yes let me accept it this is an equation of immediately no for those who have self-empowerment you get here okay some people have the ability to be here some people get here so getting here means you know physical safety one and if there's any physical threat you're out there's no need to judge this is where it's not about judging it's about <laughs> go get help if you if you're that much of a of a threat and as adults you'll find most people don't want to hurt each other so if you're able to be a functional adult and use your words you go to therapy, you do things that are right, both and or all people can grow up, households, there's a way that we can actually support each other, and that's if all hands on deck are compassionate beyond a reason, if you got adaptive children, you don't got compassion, you're not going to get a household to say, let's all go together and heal what is obviously a unresolved trauma that is generational, whether it be alcoholism, toxicity, it doesn't matter, let's all go together, or we won't leave here until, you know, a whole intervention of love, basically. But let me put that to the side again. That's a side note. When in emotional safety within you, nobody can insult you. This is what they can gaslight, manipulate, they can ghost, they can do things that others deem malicious or evil. A person who's self-empowered will know that as fear masked with this adaptive child anger which is masking their defectiveness, unworthiness in the heartbreak, gut wrench, torn apart. And this is a cycle that they do. So the part of words, they mean nothing except for, okay, right now this person's nasty in their biological rudeness. We need to get them on board with getting your personal development self-help so that you can disengage from getting triggered emotionally, work with yourself, and then we can continue to grow up together and talk, okay? So long story short, we don't need the math to set up the plan of not hurting ourselves or each other emotionally because nobody that is self-empowered. Like I said, this means you're able to deal with the unknown, unwanted uncertainty from within because the meaning of life is your name. Whatever age you are, whatever activities you do, you have your life in a space of well-being, integration of the mind, restorative embodied self. You have thought through your job, the people around you. You don't cancel your loved ones. You don't block them. You don't consider them energy vampires. This is not the 5D plane. The 5D plane is compassion beyond a reason. Inner growth is compassion beyond a reason. Inspiring human potential, compassion beyond the reason. If you want to be those disciples that disciples are not, who do not <laughs> do transformation. In fact, this is why in the story that Sadhguru shares, those people, he says, they're not disciples. They just want to carry their weight. They want to be there. They want to be right. As Terry Real points out, the adaptive child does not engage in talking with their partner to have a repair conversation. They are talking to control, to say they're right, and to argue, and to be in that energy not because they're mean because they have yet to resolve their attachment wounds and their actual trauma history and they're not in the hands of a good somatic sensory motor or trauma therapist or they're not aware of themselves in any way shape or form they're not an integrated mind yet so their adaptive child is engaging with this 
Karma is another word I could use because it's their actual compulsive. The compulsive thief is not just a thief. It's your compulsive shame cycle. And it comes up in this way. It's biological rudeness. Thank you, Stephen Porges. So dealing with the unknown, uncertainty, and meaning of life for a person who's self-empowered is easy because we don't get afraid inside. When we handle and talk and work with each other, it's always no strings attached that it's always authentic, transparent, and vulnerable from the heart. And there's always room for more. No need for apologies. No need for strategies because we talk about the emotions that arise. We talk about, you know what, this right here is a reaction. Do we want to talk about what triggered it? Because your reaction sent you off into this space and this is how you engage with me. Even if another is in a space of 10 or 10 two people that are grown-ups doesn't matter if each is reacting to the other if they're both grown-ups they know we were both stressed so you know some people they like to treat their relationship like a basically robotic thing i have had people tell me about their lists it's very much not passionate if you ask me because though i do have my neapolitan heritage so i'm not afraid of a little discussion with heightened energy around but um other people that are particularly in this space uh, that's all private you've invaded my area whenever i've been presented formalities i've always thought of this very specific energy and i learned how to i learned how to respect it because i have people who are anglo-saxons and i understand that they feel that the neapolitan type is too much and so I've learned how to move move back, and that's not how I love, though. So <laughs> you can better bet that's uh, not in the book of a person who is nice and happy with human contact, which, again, doesn't have anything to do with the Anglo-Saxon necessarily, but I use that word because when I keep in mind all of those who want their privacy, they're all from a specific background. And they all have the same way that they do this thing where it's like, you're too much close. I don't want, it's like, okay, I'm so sorry. And I feel really bad. Like I learned in college how to move away because of course, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable, but it makes me very uncomfortable, for example, because I can't be loving and kind and happy and joyous. I need to be stiff like a little rock. And it's like, oh my gosh, get away from me. <laughs> so the formalities are very not much at all especially um, if we're not on formal basis by the way but let me put that to the side and just try to spell out what i'm getting to everyone is aware if they're functional adults of their own preferences so i'm aware that i like to be all up and passionate and i do respect others but i don't prefer it it's not my preferred methodology it won't help me to feel in a solid solid relationship so i respect it and love is equal but that's not my fullest expression and this acknowledgement is something that is a good thing when you know who you are you're supposed to be with people that have your heart sing of joy that's what you're supposed to surround yourself with not the opposite the ones that surround themselves with all people, they're not really paying attention to their emotional or mental satisfaction. And that's on them. Nobody has to live life 
in a way that says, let me serve some other human being because our relationships are here to serve each other. And people who are a little bit less in the space of enjoying hugging and whatnot, they won't know again any difference if you're hanging out with people that are more huggers than not. It's just like one of those things where energy goes and mind goes, energy flows. So they're going to find who's their ideal situation is what I'm trying to get at as well. Again, mathematics, unnecessary when flow is there. When flow is there, it's because you deal with the unknown and your own life in your own heart. And you're not afraid to speak your heart. So you're not afraid to say, you know what? You do formalities, I don't. So uh, it's okay because differences are okay. Of course they are. But that's not how I love. And obviously you don't love in a way that is how I love. And so, you know, it is what it is. Differences, again. That disconnect isn't something that means rejection. It means being able to communicate clearly about what one will bring to the table and not bring to the table. So again, in obviously household partnerships, for those who are in monogamous relationships, if they tend to each other's thoughts and emotions, they have to find a ground where both are basically screaming of joy inside. This is what living your life to the maximum potential is, not the half ground. The ones who decide, you know what, I'm going to stick to it because I don't want to move away from this. It's okay if I don't feel the thrill of life in this. It's okay if they'll treat me like that. They make a choice. That's a choice that I've seen other people do. They're not actually jumping up and down with joy in their partnerships, monogamous or polyamorous for that matter. They are very low on energy. And here's where, of course, they just compromise basically because they decided not to recalibrate that relationship because, you know, you can recalibrate. There's plenty of people in my life that are friends and it's because we don't work as anything else. And this is the part. We don't work as anything else because every person has a specific way that life is enjoyed. And when it comes to that meaning of life and the unknowns, the ones who are owners of it, we're not going to only live half of it because your next life, you, you won't be here as your name in the first place. This is the Enlightenment Soul Age Group. So for the middle ground, there are a lot of people that I see, they don't notice this difference that I just described. They don't notice it because they don't have a relationship with their body. So they don't actually recognize, hey, you know what, when I'm around this type of thing, which does actually match my excitement levels. Wow, now this, I can live it 24-7. You know, when you do notice this, it's the most amazing thing. When you know you could do 24-7 again and again and again and again, and that maximum never, ever, ever, ever moves down a notch. Yeah, it's really, really awesome. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny how people don't believe in the ability to maintain a specific vibration within your own uh, self because of the true and genuine bond that people can have. And yeah, it's, it's something that has made me consistently laugh in a way that is, wow, this is so sad. People don't actually believe that they can love infinitely and beyond and vibe in a space that is full vibrancy and passion when instead I know for a fact, <laughs> to this day, I know for a fact that you can 
because that's the part about energy. It doesn't lie. And our bodies don't lie. And our minds, for those of us who have a life, a love cycle, we don't, we don't lie to ourselves. So we, we know what's what. But, you know, again, the individuals who need to get out of their defectiveness uh, shame cycle, they have what is called, oh, no, I'm defective. And if I'm defective, no one can love me. And if they love me, they're defective. Something's wrong. But they won't even bother with that. It will be more of a hidden way to mask something. No, no. Love doesn't exist. Energy, life doesn't exist. You know, once I was told that love only goes downwards from that moment forth. And this is way back when. I'm like, no, I don't know about that. And you know what? I, I would love to go back to my teenage years and say, you know what I found out? Love, it keeps growing and even more. So when you move into your own enlightenment, so age group, you only love life. And when you move out of any other type of at the very least, ignoring your own self, you know what love is like and you're maintaining a very nice status within your relationships as well, emotionally and mentally, and that is really, really great. So, integration of the mind and restorative embodied self. I look forward to hearing from you and any questions. Have a great day.